You're listening to Leave It to Neva with me, Neva Lee Rekla, the show that's changing the world one conversation at a time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Leave It to Neva show. I'm your host, Neva Lee Rekla. And today we're doing something that I, th- I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to be doing an unfiltered sex talk today. And I have the amazing Tatiana Barande with me. Um, Tati, you're just like amazing. We have co-hosted a few shows together. We do a series on SPM and it's called Kids Talk. Oh my goodness, Tati, this is our first adult talk series. I on know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Um, so actually like a couple years ago on my show superpower kids we did a sex talk um and i was like seven well it was on um, relationships more than yeah sex. it was on relationships and then we did have a little bit of that too the focus um, has shifted it has and so i think this is gonna be fun um so let's just get right into it i think maybe are you cool if we go into a break first and then we can just kind of talk yeah you know me I like that's how I roll because I don't like to cut off the flow so if we want to hop right into break that's fine and for just just can I just say quick before we go to break for those of you who don't know what SPM is that's the the superpower mama show that I've had the joy to um, be doing the second season of and been loving it and Neva and I have our kids talk series over there and if you have not come and listened to our kids talk series you really should should. um, because they're awesome yes that's my little plug for that (laughs) (laughs) for us in another venue speaking of plugging Tati is there anywhere else people can go to check you out because like you're amazing if you don't know Tati then like you really should yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I hang out at Superpower Experts. You can go to tatianabaranday.com and that's like my little about page over there. Um, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm dreaming up some, some other offerings that are going to be a little more direct in, in the womb space. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Those will be coming soon. And I still don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I know <laughs> that spirit's been, um, talking very loudly into my ear from behind about that <laughs> for a while. So I'm going to have to listen to that soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Go check out Tati because she's amazing. And then also, if you're not already involved in our community, I highly, highly suggest you come check us out. Um, you want a really awesome, yummy, high vibe space where you can connect with people. We're just here to love and accept you for who you are and have good conversations and do awesome fun things like come hang out with us please we're excited to meet you and excited to love on you um go to superpowerexperts.com and you can register for some of our events and come join our experiences and come join our community just come play with us please it's gonna be a lot of fun i promise so we've been talking with tatiana baranday on our first adult talk episode which I think first of like many, many, many conversations. I hope so. I hope so too. And then, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. 
We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Okay, well, we're back and we've been doing an unfiltered text talk with Tatiana Berende. So Tati, before we get really into this conversation, um, for our listeners, because the show is still pretty new, I'm wondering if you could share what your superpowers are. Mm, I had a feeling this question might be coming. Mm, I haven't been asked this in a while. It's Mm -hmm. fun to be on the other side. I usually am the one doing all of the asking of the questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, in our vernacular, um, I am predisposed to mind reading and psychic ability and empathy and energetic manipulation in um, in my superpower design. And what does all of that mean? It means that I'm a really good coach because of it, because you are. Not, to, not to just toot my own horn, but sometimes it's nice to, to be real, right? Like I, I can feel what's happening inside of my clients and I can speak directly to it. I can hear oftentimes, you know, their thinking and track their process. And what I have really cultivated as a superpower is being able to connect in with the elements of the planet um, and to assist other people to do that as well, which is why a lot of my work is involved with the body because our body is made up of those elements. And so leading people back into their bodies, back into their hearts, and also into that deeper connection that we have with the elements all around us. Um, So yeah, that's, that's my superpowers in a nutshell. And I was, I was remembering actually the first time your mom ever interviewed me, I was like, oh yeah. And I can talk to dead people. So there's that too. (laughs) I love that so much, just casually. And we play in really like yummy spaces here at Superpower Experts. And I love all your superpowers and I think they're really awesome. I think especially like the connecting people into their body space, because I realize so much people like oftentimes people go throughout their lives and they're not rooted into their bodies mm-hmm. and it's like they're like little energy fields just kind of like darting around the room because they're not like centered in and I think when we're able to really connect like my mom talks about connecting into the root space a lot when you're able to like center in that space is so powerful and like I've been able to see you coach people a few times and you're really really awesome at it and like you've helped me and that space is so powerful and so important and I think it's awesome when we're able to play in it yeah well and I think it's interesting that you're bringing up the root space as you're wanting to open up this conversation about sex because that's um Mm -hmm. you know being comfortable in that space and being well versed in both the root and the and the sacral chakras um in that womb space, whether we have a womb um, or not, mm-hmm. there's still that space there, that creative space. And, and those are, those are, you know, the primary spaces that we think of when, when we're dealing with sexuality, that's definitely not um, all that sexuality is or all that it encompasses, but being able to be solid and comfortable in those spaces is, is important to having a healthy sexuality. Yeah, I agree. And to those listening, you might be thinking, Neva, gosh, golly, gee, you're almost a freshman in high school and you're 12 and you want to have a 
sex talk what's going on <laughs> um for those haven't listening. you been hearing about sex enough your whole life <laughs> and for those listening we did i forgot which what the title of the episode was but we it kind of turned into a little bit of like a sex talk and we started talking on superpower mamas and we started talking about how i identify as asexual and the funny thing is so for me growing up sex has always been a topic in my household like it's just been a thing in fact tati i think you might get a kick out of this um i initiated a rule in my house it's like it's a game so we used to have a game where if someone could make an inappropriate comment and get a reaction out of someone else they would get a point (laughs) um as an asexual now kind of teenager I'm not always fond of hearing those things. So I created a rule in a game, basically, that if you make inappropriate comments to other people around, you can take away points. Mm. Um, come to find out, I actually lose at my own game quite often. Um, I make that's what she said jokes a lot. And I got like negative 200 points one time. So I'm not doing too great on it. But I found it kind of funny of I've grown up in an environment where that's always been like, a conversation and you were telling me how um those are conversations like you used to have with my mom and stuff and then I ended up being asexual um so parents maybe that's the way to go about it with your kids like if you want them to be asexual just like talk about sex all the time all the time and we'll just get bored of it I, I can't promise that'll work so don't try it at home um but I think with that is kind of cool because I, I see things that other people may see as like sexual or whatever. And I just see it as kind of just speak bluntly, like how it is. Um, like on our episode on superpower mamas, I was talking about how, yeah, the idea of touching parts where we go to the bathroom because it feels good doesn't sound too intriguing. Um, and I think the idea of like a sex talk and stuff, it has so many misconceptions, right? Like, growing up kids have like the big talk like the birds and the bees or they don't have a talk at all and they have to learn through the internet and I think the idea of like sex and all that goes into it is typically it seems kind of scary to some people and I think it's important to from any age whether you're participating in it or not to be able to look at it and be like oh it's not that big of a deal at least yeah yeah and I think the more that we normalize it i think part of what happens is as adults we weren't raised usually by um people who were comfortable talking about sex and so we didn't really know how to be comfortable talking about it and the thought of our children having sex makes us feel uncomfortable and there's just like a whole lot of discomfort going around yeah and so we don't talk about it because we have not learned how to be with discomfort Mm -hmm. Um, and that is something that I think some people are starting to get better at, but it's really important if you're going to have a fulfilling sex life. And if you're going to be able to talk about it with your kids, um, being able and being willing to get a little uncomfortable and like a little squeamish sometimes and, and is, is an important part of the process because it's normal, um, 
sex is a very normal thing. Obviously, we're all still here because sex <laughs> is a normal thing. It's a biological yeah. process, just like eating and drinking is a biological process. And it and it can become a need that gets satisfied in a similar way as you become an adult. And um, so I think it's just, it's really about being able to normalize it because when something is taboo, then it becomes more intriguing. And then there's all this sort of stuff around it, but then because there's all this stuff around it, it's harder to talk about. And we, we've turned it into a taboo. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just a normal thing that humans do and have been doing since the beginning of all time. Yeah. And I think it's something that's seen as like, oh, you can't talk about it or oh, you shouldn't talk about it. It's like, um, some people get really squeamish around the conversation like periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking with my mom about this a little bit is at least from my experience, my generation tends to be really open about those conversations. Um, like my friends and I speak quite bluntly about periods and stuff like that all the time. And I think it's almost like newer and younger generations are kind of getting an opportunity to look at how things used to be and kind of decide, okay, we don't want it to be like this anymore. So let's change it. Um, and I think with that is kind of erasing some of like the taboo around Mm -hmm. these types of conversations, because when something seems quote unquote scary or something seems like, oh, you shouldn't talk about it or oh, you shouldn't do that. Um, like you said, it makes us want to go and investigate it more. And it's like, I've seen this a few times with like different parents and stuff is instead of talking to their kids about something, they just tell them they can't do it. And then I've watched the kid go and do the exact thing. The parent said like, no, you can't do that because I realize it's kind of the type of thing where if you're not talking about it and you're not erasing the taboo and like scariness around it, then it's going to remain something that someone just has to go and figure out on for themselves. And that's not always a fun experience from what I've heard. So if we all talk about it, then it it becomes normalized. And then it's not like this big, scary, new, exciting thing. Cause it's been happening for ages. It's yeah. not like it's a new topic. So I'm curious. Uh, I know I'm, Never mind. I was going to go into asking you questions and you I know can. I'm not the one doing that. I like you were guest asking questions. Um, but I, yeah, I'm curious what your generation's take on virginity is. Cause that's, that's something that I've seen as like a reclamation that's happening um, where people are, are starting to sort of refute the, even the concept of virginity mm-hmm. saying that like, no, you can't take something away from me. Like I can yeah. willingly give of myself to you, but like, you know, and virginity is often, you know, the, it's the, often the woman who loses her virginity, right? Cause yeah. there's the hymen it's, that's broken. There's, you know, yeah, all of, and there's a all lot of taboo around virginity. Um, and we make it such a big deal, which puts like, so much oh my pressure gosh, a virgin? on, it puts so much pressure on your first sexual experience too. Mm-hmm. And personally for me, I, cause it's really funny because as an asexual, I'm, I'm like fascinated by some of this stuff. And so I'll do research on it. And I looked up like the definition of virginity and there's no really good definition of it. And most of the time, the definition has to do with 
heterosexual and mm-hmm. cisgendered experiences. And mm-hmm. there's so much more to that. Um, and of course, there's multiple ways to go about those experiences. And so I don't think that there's any, or like if somebody's been sexually assaulted, then do they identify as a virgin or not a virgin after that? Um, from at least what I've seen in like my generation stuff is like people have kind of just stopped using that concept. Um, because I think it's something that's looked upon as like this big scary thing of mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, are you a virgin? Are you not a virgin? Like um, I go to church, right? And obviously they promote abstinence and stuff, but then the like the kind of almost judgment I've seen from some people are like, well, then what if someone's not a virgin, quote unquote, anymore? Then what? Then what do you think of them? What are like, what's going on? Um, And so I think it's the type of thing where it's like, I think virginity is something that has equal kind of taboo around it as even talking about sex in general, because it's almost like it's a concept that was put on something to make it seem almost scarier so people don't want to do it because it's like the idea of losing something doesn't sound too fun does it well it's a concept that dates back to when women were considered property of their husbands Mm. and so if you were not a virgin you were less valuable property Mm. Um, that's really where that concept originates from yeah and there you know there are some cultures where there was the practice of on the wedding night after the wedding night the husband hanging out the bloody sheets for all to see um as proof that his wife was a virgin before they got married oh geez yeah all sorts of of lovely uh, origin stories we can we can dig up from the archives Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that your generation is starting to really step away from that because I think there's a yeah. lot of power and agency to be reclaimed and a lot of inclusivity. Like you said, it is mostly yeah. gendered heterosexual experience when we talk about virginity because that is where it originated from. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, I realized because I also did research on this, like, from a young age, is like the concept of the hymen is it can break in more ways than one. And so it's like, I mean, it's the same reason why some people are scared that they're going to lose their virginity from a tampon. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. Which what, what then does losing your virginity mean? It means breaking your hymen. Cause like I broke my hymen on a fence when I was a kid climbing over it, you know, like that doesn't, yeah, I didn't lose my virginity to the fence. <laughs> exactly. And so I think it's like, it's the type of thing where even sometimes logically and scientifically doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so why not just kind of walk away from it altogether? And also I think an interesting topic maybe we could talk about a little bit is, um, and I actually kind of do a monologue around sexual assault and stuff, but I think it's something that's important around sex talks, Mm -hmm. um, like the concept of consent and things like that, because, um, I mean, at least my personal experiences has certainly probably influenced me identifying as asexual Um, because at least 
like from what I went through as like when I was younger is seeing someone I trusted do something to me that was obviously inappropriate. Um, but I knew people would do that consensually, at least to some degree, I was aware of that. And I knew it was meant to be sexual. And so from a young age, that was always, that was something that was like kind of confusing, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think people look at like the concept of, and this kind of also goes back to virginity, right? Is like, what happens if someone's raped? Then was that taken from them? Do they now not? Because I think the concept of that is like, typically with sexual assault and everybody's story is different, but it's someone doing something that you're not consenting to. Mm -hmm. And, and at least the people I have talked to and their experiences, and at least from my experience, it kind of feels like you almost become a little bit of a puppet to that person. And so what happens when we're not having discussions around what is sex, what is consent, all the important things, because at least from what I've seen, that kind of leads when we're not talking about it and normalizing it and having the discussions, even though sometimes they can be uncomfortable. What happens when someone grows up and like they've been sexually assaulted or whatever, and then they think that's what sex is. And they think that they have no say in it. And it's like, I think it's worth having an uncomfortable conversation or two. Or they they think that that's what power is. I've seen that a lot in in past clients um, over the many years that I've been doing this work with women primarily. Mm. Um, And even before I was doing this work, I observed this pattern where I would have friends who had been sexually assaulted and they then went on to become, they were sexually assaulted when they were younger and they went on to become very promiscuous um, Mm. when they were older because they translated that sexual activity into power. Um, and and they that was kind of the message that they were given during that sexual assault in their youth was that mm-hmm. this is how you have power over somebody. And so then they turn around and decide to, that they are looking for their own power. Um, yeah. But in reality, especially as women, I think um, when we do that, we're really still giving our power away. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's stories. Yeah, and it's nuanced, and it, and it's not black or white. I can't just say like everyone who's, who's out there having <laughs> lots of sex is, is giving her power away. Because for some women, um, they're completely in their power and in their strength and in their sovereignty mm-hmm. when they're doing that. Um, but it, I have definitely seen that happen um, as yeah. a pattern. I think it's the type of thing like um, I've had experiences before and like in public and stuff. I think I've talked about this before, but one time I was in California and these two two old dudes came up to me and my cousins and they followed us. Um, And then one of them ended up touching me. Um, And then my mom's intense mama bear came out and that dude ended up moving away. So he learned his lesson. But I think about that story a lot because I was with my two cousins who haven't experienced the same things I've experienced with that. And with me, because I look physically more mature than I actually am age-wise. Mm-hmm. And with that comes sometimes more attention from people I don't necessarily want to be paying attention to me. And 
with that, I've also learned a level of how to stand my ground. And so I think about that situation a lot of, cause the, the dude who did like the most of the kind of harassing us, um, his argument to my mom was that he didn't, it's not, he's not responsible for knowing our ages and which is bullshit because it's yes, actually his, his responsibility to it, ask. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when my cousins are very obviously younger. Um, so it's like, <laughs> he at least had them to play off of. And so I think about that a lot and how I was able to stand my ground with that because I 100% could have gotten scared and like ran away and stuff. Um, it was actually my idea to confront him. And so I, I followed him around with the, with my phone and I took a picture. Um, I was, I was quite proud. And I think, a lot of the times it's like you look at the idea of, I mean, look at cat calling and stuff like that is, and I watch Facebook videos and stuff on it. If people go throughout their days and like, they can't go a day without somebody like trying to get with them. And it's like, and it's typically it's females. And I think a lot of the times we kind of have this opportunity to, okay, are we going to, give our power away or are we going to stand our ground and everybody gets to determine what that is for them right of okay what's standing in my power what's giving away my power and I think when you're able to come to terms with what that is for you you have an opportunity in every situation to always stand your ground Absolutely. And it's a huge huge question and we also have to (laughs) look at societally at how we as women have been sexualized um, in the media mm-hmm. and, and sort of what the purpose of that is actually, because again, it comes back to power. Sex and power are so connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of the sexual, the over-sexualization of women and why it's like not okay to breastfeed your baby in public, but you can show your tits all over advertisements um, mm-hmm. is, is because it is actually the over-sexualization of women is, is part of how we've been subjugated over the years, right? Yeah. It's part of how we've been kept less than. And, and part of also what we've been told for years, not in outright words, sometimes in outright words, but, but um, the message is you are only powerful if you are sexually attractive to men. Mm-hmm that's where your power exists. And so I love what you're saying and what you're talking about, because when you're talking about, you know, taking a stand, um, you're talking about really reclaiming your power inside of yourself, which has nothing to do with your sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, Our sexuality is an aspect of ourselves, but it is not our power. And it's not who you are. Right. And I think, and I love what you're speaking to. And I think at least from my experiences on the 12 years I've been on this earth and the few Oh, times, honey, you've been on this earth many yeah. more years than that. <laughs> on this lifetime that I'm aware of, the 12 years that I've been on this earth, the experiences I've had with, we, yeah, it's it's all been men of being uncomfortable and things like that. And, and especially at least from my experiences, um, identifying as gender fluid and stuff I think being seen as a female in society adds like a whole nother level of 
like questioning identity and stuff like that because it's like oh this old dude thinks I'm an attractive young woman what does that say um and it's like with that I've had I think a lot of experiences to and it's it's unfortunate we're at a place in society where people have to go about their lives and decide if they're going to be on guard or not in society and have to decide oh yeah I'm I like willing to step out in the world and know I might be sexualized for this, this, and this. But I think with that, you get an opportunity to gain power and power doesn't always exist in, in these conversations, but you really get an opportunity to kind of not give a crap what anybody else has to say, because I mean, from a young age, I've always been really outspoken, like about my style and stuff like that. I mean, I did a business called Hot Clothes for Kids. Like, mm-hmm. I I remember some of those clothes. <laughs> yeah, and it certainly right. raised a few eyebrows. Very fashionable. <laughs> um, younger me would be quite proud. And I, and with that, I think I've always kind of had, and especially growing up in the household that I've grown up in, is. I've learned how to not really care what anybody else thinks and be able to live my life and express how I want to express regardless of how I'm going to be treated in society. And, and that's power right there. Yes. That's power. And it and it's not always easy because no, I mean um a, a little while back I wrote a poetic story of my experiences being sexually assaulted and I it was at a place when I was I was pretty like I I was yeah I was pissed off about it and I've written many many things about it but I keep thinking about it and how when I was writing that I I imagined I was saying the things to the person who did it Mm. and come to think about it is because I was really young when it happened um I was like eight years old and this dude was like in his late 30s I remember and so come to think of it and it sounds and it sounds kind of funny well it could sound silly but to me it doesn't uh on some level I kind of had more power than he did because and I think when people go through experiences of sexual assault and stuff is you kind of get to choose for yourself how you want to identify. And I remember when I made the distinct choice that I don't identify as a victim. Mm. And when I did that, it almost freed me from being a victim to anything else that happened. And that experience is what made it possible for me to be able to stand my ground in California. And I was the one who ended up getting touched and not my cousins, but I was okay afterwards because I didn't feel victimized to it because I was able to look at it and it, and it, it sounds really like sassy of me, but it's like, who's the old dude trying to pick up a 12 year old and who's the 12 year old just trying to skateboard? Like who actually has the power in the situation. (laughs) And I think when you're able to, I fucking love you. And I've, with all of those experiences, I've gained a level of sassiness, I think, because, and I think it's kind of deserved because 
I mean, it's it is really unfortunate that we kind of have to, especially as at least from my experience as being a female in society, of going about your life and like knowing there's a chance you might get sexualized by someone that you don't want to get sexualized by. But I realized in that, especially with my experiences of being younger and having like grown men hit on me and stuff is who really has the power in the situation because there's this old dude trying to pick up a 12 year old who he probably doesn't think is 12 and or he doesn't care or he doesn't care which honestly makes him seem even less powerful because Mm -hmm. dude go ahead on someone your own age or you can't and that's why you're trying to pick up a kid so I think really it's at least I've got an opportunity to gain a level of power. And I think everybody has that opportunity and going back to the topic, right. Around like sex and stuff like that is you get to choose how you identify in every situation and you get to decide if you are going to identify as a victim or if you're not going to identify as a victim or if you're going to reclaim your power or if you're not going to, or where you find your power in it all and you're able to and I think when you do that these conversations seem a lot less scary and I mean absolutely and I think your your comment about where you found your where you find your power is really the crux of it because that's when we know where our power comes from our true power comes from no one can ever take that away from you exactly it's not something that's takeable it's if they take your life they can't take that power away and when you realize that you're basically unstoppable because and i mean it's going back to when we first started this conversation i was talking about like being grounded in your body and stuff like that is you really like you just said the power can't be taken away and the power can only be taken away if you let someone take it and which is giving it basically yeah which is giving it and i think there's a point i keep trying to make let me try to figure out how to use the words for it i think in these situations is you really gain an opportunity to decide how you're going to go about your life and how you're going to go about these experiences. And when it comes to the conversations of power and stuff like that, I think sometimes, I mean, you look at the heart of it is sometimes it can be easy to not, and this is just my personal experience to not really want to feel powerful in these conversations because I mean, look at my experiences, right. Of going through sexual assault as a kid and other experiences in like society and stuff like that is at the heart of it it's very unfortunate that it does need to be a conversation of that people are going through situations where they have to decide am I going to be a victim to this or not and so I can understand why some people perhaps wouldn't want to feel powerful because it doesn't always feel powerful and it doesn't always feel powerful to know that there's some people out there who are just sexualizing people like you. And I mean, but I think in that we get to adapt 
and it's not always fun and I mean I think life kind of always like throws us a few curveballs and stuff like that and we get to decide how we want to feel about it because life isn't always perfect and it doesn't always play out exactly how we want it to but sometimes it plays out for the better and if we let it we can use it as an opportunity to feel powerful in it and by feel powerful I mean standing your ground to the point where no one can shake who you are and whether you're someone who's trying to figure out what your sexuality is whether you think sex is like absolutely not you're not into it whether you experience sexual assault whatever it is or whether you're just trying to feel powerful and solid in who you are the conversation stays the same you get an opportunity and everybody gets the opportunity and deserves the opportunity to feel solid in themselves and when you feel solid in yourself no one can shake that well said my dear <laughs> so tati um i'm wondering from you just really quickly i've kind of always looked up no not kind of i i've always looked up to i think your ability to speak kind of bluntly about things and also you have this sense of power and like solidness in yourself that I've always admired and always looked up to and always kind of thought like how can I be more like Tati in this Mm -hmm. um thank you and so I'm wondering if you could share how you do that because I just spoke to the fact of it's not always easy to want to be powerful in these situations especially when it's things that seem kind of like to speak bluntly, they can seem kind of depressing at times. Um, well, I'm not immune to the woes <laughs> of the world and getting overwhelmed by them at times, that's for sure. But I um, I went through my own deep walk with sex as power and how I was using it that way. And I got schooled by life pretty hard in my, <laughs> in my very early 20s because I was in um in an abusive um uh it was not physically abusive well i say that and my first sexual experience with the guy was being raped but um but it wasn't i actually didn't even acknowledge it as rape for many years because it wasn't like the violent rape that's per, you know portrayed on television it was yeah. i was i was psychically um and emotionally manipulated and abused by this man who was old enough to be my father and um, ended up staying as his mistress for almost an entire year. And I learned a lot. You know, he was a very powerful um, Cherokee medicine man, knew all sorts of, that's actually where I started my native plant journey. So, mm. um, I, you know, and he taught wilderness survival skills and all, all sorts of things. And so I was very, I was very drawn to what I considered his power and um and felt that if i got close to him um that would make me more powerful mm-hmm. and what i realized in the process and then i actually ended up getting very physically ill um over the course of my relationship with him and my mom kind of she wasn't even i was in california she was in massachusetts and she actually was like she knew something was very seriously wrong and she paid for me to go to her friends um, in Hawaii who had a, a Dharma retreat center. She actually still has it um, down on South Point on the Big Island. 
um, of Hawaii. And that's where I started my reclamation journey. And that started with um, acknowledging all the ways that I was vying for power and I was actually giving it away and I was using my sexuality to do so. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like, I, you know, I was so, I had such low self-confidence growing up, um, that it, that it became a scorecard. It was like the more men that wanted to sleep with me, um, the better I was doing. Right. That was, that was sort of how I was keeping, keeping score of, of that. Um, which is so sad that that's, that's how I was enculturated and conditioned that, that my, my sex was, was power. Um, and therefore if people wanted to have sex with me, I was powerful and I had to really turn that around. And, um, and for me, my journey has, like I mentioned at the beginning, been all about, um, the earth and the elements and, um, finding myself inside of them and finding them inside of me and finding that spiritual connection as well that goes beyond all of it. Um, and it's been a deep life of, of study. My entire adult life has been devoted to this study because that, that experience with him started like, I was like 22, 21, mm-hmm. 22, um, when that all happened. So really my whole adult life has been this unraveling and, and um, remembering how to be a human yeah, in the highest sense of, of what that means. And, and I have a strong connection with the earth. She's helped me through the darkest moments of my life. Um, I could go, you know, I had horrible things happening, but I, I could go out into the wilds. I was living in Colorado at one point and, go out into the mountains, knowing there were mountain lions, knowing that I could get eaten at any moment and feeling, um, feeling more safe than anywhere else that I could possibly be. Because if I got eaten by a mountain lion, then I would just turn back into the elements again. Yep. And that was completely okay with me. I like that. It, I like that you speak to the fact of like still being human. And I think sometimes it it can be easy to forget the fact that we're still human. I think especially when we go through like traumatic experiences, Mm -hmm. um, almost wanting to kind of figure out what you did to cause it to happen. And And that's, I, you know, I wrote a whole article about the law of attraction and sexual, I don't know if you read that article, it's on our website, <laughs> but, but I, you know, and Angie even translated it into Spanish because she thought it was awesome. so important, you know, because I think that's, um that's a big pitfall of the spiritual community yeah. that like, and, and it's so nuanced and so tricky because your mom and I have had this conversation too, you know, of like, mm-hmm actually one of the most powerful things for me in that whole experience was acknowledging the role that I played in making it happen. Yeah. And that's a very different conversation to have when you're 20 than it is when you're eight. Yeah, um, for sure. So, so I, so I, I want to acknowledge that. And, and yeah. there is a truth to, um, to that. And, and sometimes it's as little as like, wow, I, 
had a moment where I kind of had a knowing that I overrode that I didn't listen to. Um, Oftentimes it's that simple. And are we going to take that? And are we going to beat ourselves up about that? No, because what's also true is abusing people is not okay. Exactly. Right. And, and where is that in that side of the spiritual conversation? Mm -hmm. Like when are we going to start looking at like, actually like this behavior is abhorrent and unacceptable and needs to stop. Exactly. And realizing that and coming to terms with things that you did that perhaps kind of turned into blaming yourself does not excuse the other person's behavior. Exactly. Me acknowledging my part in getting into that sticky situation mm-hmm. with that man old enough to be my dad is is me taking my power back, but it does not excuse his behavior. Exactly. That was not okay. I was raped in a in a under a spiritual setting. He was doing a healing on me. Mm-hmm. And then he took me into his bed to finish the healing. Right? That was not okay. No. And no, it, I did not ask for that. I was not coming to him for sexual healing. And if there are women listening to this who are in need of sexual healing, please do not go to a man for it because I've never heard of that going well. And I've, you know, I've run a podcast called Sex, Love, and Superpowers for three and a half years. I have not heard of that going well. Yeah. If you're a woman who needs sexual healing, go seek out a a qualified, integrous woman who can hold space for you and support you in your healing journey. Don't, don't mess with, with, with that. Cause it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work out well. And I think, and I love that you're speaking to the fact of like, the actions are 100% and she's well, of course my experience was much different than yours and it happened at very different points in our life. And so everybody's experience is going to be extremely different of yours happened when you were older. Mine happened when I was younger. Our experiences of coming to terms with it was probably extremely different. Mm -hmm. Either way, I think we both kind of got the opportunity to come to terms with what it was for us individually and gaining that power for yourself. And I think everybody gets that opportunity, right? And whether it's, and I think also is a point I want to speak to is I think something I've seen a few times is like victim blaming, quote unquote, is like the story of if someone was sexually assaulted and like, oh, what were you wearing? Or what did you do to perpetuate the situation? Stuff like that. And I mean, I, I use, I think about that a lot and how some people actually think that's how it works of like oh no you were wearing a shirt or a tank top or a skirt or a tank top like you definitely perpetuated that because I don't that's not true at all anybody I I, I was I was traveling recently and um I saw I can't remember where we were because we were driving cross-country but there was a a town that was having an art exhibit which Mm -hmm. was called what what they're what they were wearing and it yeah it was just all outfits that that different women were wearing when they got raped and like very few of them were scantily clad um I, i think about that a lot and it's like i think about my experiences and it's like i 
that that's definitely not true because dude i was in a nightgown like that had disney princesses on it that's not how it works and like i think that art is so so powerful and i think it's such a powerful conversation to reclaim your power right Mm -hmm. and when we reclaim our power and this conversation has like taken so many different trajectories but (laughs) when we reclaim our power in anything any conversation especially one that contain that has like taboo around it seems a lot less scary and a lot less intimidating so tati we should start wrapping up we've been talking for like an hour um do you have any final closing thoughts for those listening Um, Just that this is a multifaceted, nuanced journey that is worth diving into inside yourself and your relationship to your sexuality and is something that uh, I think we're pretty good at over at Superpower Experts and supporting people with. We've supported many clients already. People don't necessarily come to us for for the sexual aspect of things, but it almost always ends up going there because if we're out of alignment there, it's going to show up in other areas in our life as well and vice versa if we're out of alignment in other areas of our life it usually tends to show up in our sexual expressions as well and so you know we're just all about helping people get into alignment and integrity with themselves and there's many many different ways to do that Um, but it's a worthy it's a worthy journey because being able to be fully expressed in your sexuality and in enjoyment if that's something that you're drawn to is really important and um, and also to just highlight the the differentiation between what your power is and your sexuality and they they are not one and the same Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for having this conversation with me. And to those listening, I encourage you to sit with where you find your power and how you identify in it, because we are so powerful. And if we stand our ground, no matter who you are, how you identify what you've been through in life, everybody deserves an opportunity to reclaim their power and to experience that and to feel solid and whole in themselves. Because when you're solid and whole in yourself, nothing can shake that and it's a very awesome and yummy space to be in so go do that for yourself please because you deserve (laughs) it um thank you again tati for those listening remember come join our community check out superpower mamas and tati is just amazing so like come play with her and come play with us in the community um remember superpowerexperts.com come up sign up for our events all the things we cannot wait to see you there and come love on you. So yeah, come see us. Tati. Thank you, Neva, so much. I really love you. And I can't wait to have you back on FPM for another kids talk. Thank you. This was an amazing first adult talk series. I can't wait for more to happen. Yes. And so we've been having an unfiltered sex talk. Thank you for listening. Remember, love yourself and love others. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.